Aditi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Aditi is a very talented writer and artist based out of Brooklyn, New York, but she's kind of been all over the U.S. and the world, I think. Uh, where did you live the longest? India. And how long were you there for? Seven years, or six years. What years were you there? Like, what age? Um, high school. Okay, so that's like super formative. Yeah. Um, I had to learn a bunch of languages because we were in a different um, state than my mother tongue, and it was really interesting. What's your mother tongue? Konkani. Okay, and what and what was like the main language spoken at your school or your community? Um, so where I lived in India was Gujarati. Okay, cool. I didn't. I don't care for dosa. That's a South Indian food right. where I'm from. <laughs> okay. Well, I know that was a big deal in the Gujarati community, and then I watched the movie. I've seen like six Bollywood movies in my life, and I've seen the movie Race, which was like Shah Rukh Khan, oh. like a bootlegger, and it was based in Gujarat. Race. It's like really. It's relatively new. Okay. And people have been giving him a lot of shit because apparently he's like flopped the last five or six. Oh, well, I see. The thing is, I haven't kept up with Bollywood, right. especially B-grade Bollywood in the last couple of years. Okay. Um, I should watch it. <laughs> right. I've seen like literally six or seven films my whole life. Um, I do te- I do like uh, Kangana Ranaut. I think she's really talented. Yeah, I really um, enjoyed her recent call out of all of the, 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 what's the word? Uh, the those people who were, she called out those guys on Coffee with Karan Karan Johar and some of those other actors who were um, the nepotism I think yeah the ne- yeah nepotism there right. my brain's not working um, okay. the Sorry, not then. the people who profited from nepotism and they did that thing at some award ceremony that happened here I think in New York yeah in New Jersey I think at the big uh, stage oh yeah it the award show right? yeah sorry the award show was Square, here. I thought. I think so. And then what then in New Jersey there was the big um like show, right? I'm sure. I yeah. think there was there were like a couple of days. Okay. So I think it was like the IIFFA or something like that, but the International Indian Film Awards, so I IIFA. Right. And they call they like made fun of her and really tried to bully her on like a international platform cuz they felt so butthurt that um someone who was a self-made woman would call them out. Right. So I really like her on so many levels. Sure. Yeah, I agree. She's very talented and also like uh, very well-spoken and she's not scared, I think, because she has enough muscle in the industry. And like I think, you know, whether it's Bollywood or Hollywood, I think when you're celebrities for a long time can be so coddled yeah. that they're not held accountable. So if everyone's just like on your jock nonstop and someone challenges you, it's honestly a shock to your system. And I'm not excusing the behavior. I'm saying like legitimately I think they were so overwhelmed by her and she made a pretty like well poised and simple statement yeah it wasn't like out of left field and you're right it kind of like they were melting down yeah they couldn't like they didn't even have the self-awareness to just take it as you know in their stride and continue on but they had right. to like make it a big thing it really showed their like insecure sort of right. fragility right which as an artist is something you don't necessarily and I think with as an artist, I guess you should be able to channel, but necessi- but to have it shown on such a large scale, it's interesting because like we don't want to consume media uh, from artists whom I think we kind of disagree with, right? Yeah, I mean it's funny because you think they would have so many haters. I feel like the minute you get into the public eye a little, you have like more haters than people who like you. So I don't know why they reacted so. I mean I know why they reacted so um, emotionally, violently towards a towards Kangana so I but I just it's kind of disturbing at the same it's just I know why but it's disturbing why do you think it's disturbing or rather why is it disturbing to you um because it's just it just shows the um how angry men who've always been given what they want can be if something is slightly questioned not even taken away it's not like Kangana was their boss firing them because 
Like, it's not like she came into the industry and became, like, the top dog and, like, could just destroy careers. She just called them out. Right. To get so vengeful because of one thing she said, which was something that most people in India would agree with, um, and most people in the world would agree with, because it's just, it's very apparent. They're not very talented actors, or they're not, like, they're not super talented people. They would never have made it if they didn't have family in the industry. Right, right, right. Um... And then they went on some eugenics trip. I don't know if you saw that part. I didn't, but I'm not surprised it went there considering uh, the culture. And not just specifically that culture, but it exists. Diasporas all over the, the world prides itself, or rather has a concept of like castes and class systems. Absolutely. So that's obviously tied into literally thinking you're genetically better than someone else. So I just found it so... like I was like, you, you are you hearing yourself? Right. You're saying that you're better at things because of your parents? Like right. It just it doesn't make sense. And it makes me feel like... It's very frustrating because for me, I feel like I identify both with the, like, with the Indian subcontinent as much as I identify with American culture. Right, so right. I feel very... like it was, It's like hard to make it in India. Like, I, like, if I had to make it, you know, quote-unquote, I would do it much faster here. It's a billion people, dude. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of people, and it's a lot of, um, a lot of structures that you have to fight. Right, and arguably, as a writer and an artist, one could maybe make the argument that your talents and abilities are, are prevalent, but maybe almost limiting because so many other people share your experiences. So if mm-hmm. you're trying to write or share that, you know, if you're, if you're from a pool where not many people have had your experience versus... A lot of other people have had it. It's probably harder to find your own lane. Mm-hmm. So I get that vibe. Um, Aditi, you're, uh, thank you so much for joining today. Uh, you recently, I think like what, a month ago, maybe yep. almost two now, wrote a, a piece that kind of that got a lot of rounds in the viral world on social media for Jezebel. And it was about, uh, it was, I guess, rooted from the big sick, if you will. So um, what was the name of the piece? Um, I think let me remember. It was like I am tired of watching white women, brown guys fall in love with white women right. on screen. Right, which is something I have a lot of opinions on, and also the opposite side. I'll, I'll link to the piece, but do you want to give a quick summary of what it was about? Um, it starts with um, shows like or uh, things like The Big Sick and Master of None, which um, come from comedians who have spoken a lot about representation and about. Um, South Asian diaspora rights and things like that in the in the, like in the context of the U.S., um, but they ultimately end with uh, white love being the goal. Um, right. In the Big Sick, you see the I, spoiler alert, no, you see the parents being um, sort of vilified, sure, um, and the and Pakistani culture vilified. Kumail, in, just for reference, Kumail's parents in the film being vilified. Yes, okay. the but the character Kumail, right. yeah. Um, in the in the film being vilified and um, used as a foil against white culture right. because the re- the thing that happens the thing that changes the movie is not so much his relationship with um, his future wife in the film right um, that that's already happened in the beginning the thing that changes the dynamic component of it is his relationship with her parents and how he gets accepted into American culture through them and um, how his parents, um, his own parents, don't accept his love for Emily and other things. So there is a very, like, uh, very strong contrast that he draws between right. these two things, and it's. I think it's poorly done. Like, if there had been a little more nuance, I don't think that this. Um, I don't think that people would have re- like reacted this um, 
loudly towards my piece, nor would I have written this piece. Sure. Because this is just something that I've noticed lately with people like um, Aziz Ansari and Kumail Nanjiani and um, they like they're they become these icons for like liberals and centrists to show that we've progressed and we have progressed. We can even have these conversations right, right now. And we can enjoy art from South Asians, which is super, super great. I was just talking about this yesterday with a friend. I was like, we talk about how there are so few roles for South Asians in the arts, but we can have these conversations and call people out sure. now. And 20, 30 years ago, we were just grateful to be here. And like really, right. yeah, it's just like it's a very different time. Um, but that's basically the sure, background sure. of that essay. Um, it got a lot more um, play than I expected it would, a lot more... Um, hate but also a lot more um people like emailing me messaging me telling thanking me for like giving them a voice because that's something that they've been talking about but they feel like it gets shut down really quickly as racism um or you know some like larger isms that are thrown sure at them. sure and I, I i i can understand you, you trying to be shut down i guess also as a writer once it's out there that it, people feel like through Twitter they can have an organic conversation with you, which is also limiting because it's one of those things that can't be handled in such a short character count, nor can it be handled even in a day. It's one of those longer conversations and dialogues Word. that needs to be had. There were two other pieces I know, the one by Nadja Agarwal, and then, uh, was it Imran Siddiqui, the guy from mm -hmm. Philadelphia? So I know those are kind of similar in, in the same uh, vein. So would you say you've consistently, in, in American uh, scripted media... It's it's the brown woman is painted as kind of the loser or lesser wanted. I would say yes, consistently. Okay. And I, so, and before you continue, did, did you feel like the same is painted for brown men? They're um, lesser wanted and lesser. In in white stories, yes. Right. Um, definitely. Um, in general, Asian men, men of color, are not depicted as you know desirable beings. Right, right, right. Um, but my question, beyond. Um, romantic love in the essay was just white love in general because the parents love is not a romantic love it is an acceptance it is a right. form of assimilation and that's something that i was questioning and i will continue to question in my writing is how much of asian american activism ends at romantic love like that's really not the end goal of activism there's so much more you know wrong with the u.s right. um and at stakes here than your love life and sure. To have it end with that is kind of disturbing. It just shows one's privilege if, you're, if your activism ends at who wants to date you. Do you feel like it's something you see in, uh, in your day-to-day -day life as someone lives in Brooklyn and has friends, I assume, of varying backgrounds? Do you find that that's kind of like clearly uh, exampled with your friends who are, uh, no matter what their orientation or preference, if you will, but who are kind of in the dating pool? Do you feel like you see that kind of playing out? Um, not in my particular group of friends. Um, I like. I guess I, I run with like an artist um, activist sure. crew, and I do have friends outside of that. But um, I don't. I don't see that sort of um, you know racism while dating with them. But obviously, the, like dating apps have different sure, statistics. Sure. And um, these are my friends are very superlative individuals, right. so anyone would be missing out to not well, date there them. There you go. Okay. Um, the first time I've heard a woman say that, so say that. No, I'm <laughs> joking. But no, um, it's interesting you say that because also, like you know, as we all know, like black women and Asian and East Asian men are the least desired mm -hmm. in online dating apps. And I guess, like from my point of view, like I do a bit where I talk about how 
in my opinion, all I see, like I see a lot more white men with women of color in my in, in New York, let alone also when I lived in D.C. for a long time. But I feel like I see that a lot more, and um, it is a bit upsetting because you know we're painted in the media as um, so the group that you get to date is also has a history of like colonization, kind of hijacking everything from a certain culture, but more so. It's a little bit like I think the privilege in dating, right? Privilege essentially benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Your and I read your piece and I very much enjoyed it, but there were some parts that got me a little bit frustrated because it mm-hmm. made me feel like there's a concept out there that like we're all of a sudden the ones. And again, I know these two these stories specifically were written by brown men. Mm-hmm. Kumail wrote it with his wife, but they were like they had the power to create the concept. So they weren't just actors. Mm-hmm. But I also do feel like on the other end, I see a lot more South Asian women with white partners not just in real life but also on TV so Mindy excluded I mean Zach Braff has a new show coming out with Tia Sarkar is going to be his wife and then on Hannah Simone on New Girl has a Caucasian partner too and so I, I don't think it's and I get it like you know these things come up in rooms and there's limited acting pool etc but uh, do you feel like I guess not that I don't have a right but do you feel like I'm a little bit uh, my view is a little bit exaggerated. Do you feel like women more so have it tougher in like the painting of them? Um, I think in representation-wise, the, the I don't think that being paired opposite a white partner, like in um, like Cece's role in New Girl, yeah. like I don't think that those are doing a great service like to South Asian communities. Sure. Um, I left Mindy Kaling, the Mindy Project and Mindy Kaling's work out of this essay, not just because. Um, um, I didn't think it was a one-to-one comparison, but also because I hadn't seen a lot of it. And since the essay, I started watching it. Um, and I think it's markedly different from these two stories that I brought up because the Mindy Project, like it's, she has made a very clear statement that she doesn't want it to be about her race and about those right. cultural issues. And if you like, the show itself is very much like a certain kind of humor. Um, she's not dating men widely out of her league. It's not the sort of like fantasy that um, Master of None kind of is. Um, and she's just like, she's really vulnerable. Like her, a lot of her stuff, especially like I've only seen parts of the first sure. season, are about just how she doesn't like herself or like how she's right. trying to love herself. And it's more, it's more about her than it is about right. these people that she's dating. And I find that interesting. I'm sure it changes over the seasons. Sure. Um, but to answer your question, like for in real life, I really don't have anything against interracial relationships. I just find it frustrating that we always count them as white plus person of color. There are so many interracial relationships between people of color. I fully agree, and I guess like um, you can jump, you can jump in here. But I, I agree with you. First off, I think neither of us have anything against interracial relationships. I believe in true love. Seems like you do too. And you know, some, a lot of it is goes to people who are in the right place at the right right time. So. I'll even for the sake of conversation, I, with my own personal views, would exclude someone who grew up in like a place like Tulsa or Savannah, let's say for example, where they might be the only brown person, only person of color in their community, and all they have, and, and they have like a white community. I fully understand and respect that that that's kind of who's around, mm-hmm. and that's who's out. So I'll even exclude that group from it. But it's almost like what bothers me, I think, sometimes is um, two things. Number one, the idea of me painted as like um, you know the small small-membered, uh, like, accent kind of fobby guy mm-hmm. in media might paint a picture for alert the rest of the country. But also, number two, you know, we all base romance and love based off our, our personal experiences. So let's say, you know, you're um, a South Asian woman who grew up with kind of, like, a jerk dad who was, like, a misogynist and kind of believed in the patriarchal structure. Let's say your brother kind of fell into that and maybe a couple other men in your community. 
and I find it a little bit odd because sometimes I think it's like you're paint you're painting. Oh, I don't date Pakistani men or I don't date Indian men for that reason. And I'm not going to trivialize someone's feelings, but I also find it bizarre because the same logic can be used as a Muslim saying, "Well, not all of us are terrorists, so like yeah. only respect that small group." But I mean, I agree with you. The interracial shouldn't just be white and a non-white partner because. What I find odd sometimes is whether you're a man or a woman, they're like, I don't date people from my culture, specifically talking about South Asians, it seems to almost be exclusively, I'm going to pursue a white partner versus a guy from Brazil or a girl from Portugal or, you know, someone from Korea or Nigeria, what have you, mm-hmm. which I find really bizarre. So, if that's the most disturbing part of this, I right. find it very disturbing that we have to value our worth based on a white person's desire to date us. And interracial happens across like it's been hap- like interracial relationships are very old in the US yeah. it's just not between white people and people of color um, I find it also very problematic when people say I don't date people in my culture or I don't want to date people but that, that's racist yeah like, that, that's super racist yeah and it's okay if like I think if people can conflate this with like oh you well it's, what if you like girls with like big butts or you like guys with short hair those are specific traits that would be a, like would be a nice preference but I almost think they're kind of fun and goofy and a little loose because it's not like you disqualify someone because he has longer hair or someone perhaps isn't as, you know, well endowed or voluptuous as perhaps you fantasize. And I think those are two different things. And that's just such a, that's also racism. The way that like people expect yeah. certain women of certain races to have um, like big butts and stuff. Right. That is very deeply racist right. and like goes back to like a lot of history of like sure. coding of bodies and things but like that. But it's okay now that an Armenian girl made it popular again. <laughs> and then, like, well, the Carl Delevingne made, like, the eyebrows okay. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, like... Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, like, half the world's women, you know, had, like, naturally thicker eyebrows or mm-hmm. certain features or whatever. But, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I think there's a difference in me saying, oh, I like a girl with a big butt versus, like, I only like Latina women or something. I think those are two different things. I agree. I have, like, someone once said to me that um, something of the same sort. Like, I, I don't like dating Indian women but I do like Latina women and I was like I don't understand how you can just like that I feel like that race preference is is very strange I, I agree with you that it's strange but I think it goes back to this now you know the men are trash thing is tra- you know all over social media and I, I have to respect because people, when people say men are trash or men are this or men do this and I, I get it because people say the same thing but men can say the same thing for women and, and women can speak on women too but I, I think the assumption is like we know that it's not all men it's not all women it's a statement we make, right? I think not all men is a is not a good statement. Oh, I agree with yeah. you. I agree with you. What I'm saying is when people say men are X, the assumption is we know she technically is not. Like they're women. largely X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not actually saying half the earth is this, right? Mm-hmm. It's that person's individual experiences. But going back to your example about I only don't I don't like dating Indian women, I'm dating Latino women. My argument is, I think people have to be a lot more reflective than if they have to start saying, and by prefacing things by saying. My experience dating Indian women has been X, Y, and Z, but I do very much like dating Latina women. Because mm-hmm. if that person has to say that, then I think they have to reflect back to their experiences, and it becomes almost minimized, but also like reflective on themselves, which I think a lot of people want to avoid. So yeah. if people would have to write on Twitter or Instagram or whatever saying, all the men I've ever dated and all the men in my life 
have led me to believe X, Y, and Z. I think that's way more of a damning personal statement than saying all men or all women are A, B, and C. Do you get what I'm saying? I agree. So I think it's interesting. I mean, obviously, like, if I was in eighth grade, my defense would be like, no, not all men, because I don't do this. But I'm 32 years old, so I understand the nuance of what people are trying to say, and I hope mm-hmm. everyone else does too. But I think it's interesting because then we'd have to be more reflective. So I argue almost it's, it's a bit of a pivot to make us not look at our individual experiences because how would I feel knowing, you know, if something happened to me with brown women? I did. For example, once I walked away from my writing career, which was 9 to 5, to pursue comedy, I took a big financial hit and knew that I was going to risk it in the creative field. And the, there's been one type race of woman or background of woman who has broken up with me or not, or and been honest with me about why they don't want to pursue a relationship. And it's because of my financial situation. I think the question is, is like, how can we, what takes, what does it take from a person to like separate and compartmentalize saying, I'm not going to generalize every woman from that background and make the assumption versus, oh, they all believe this. I think people have to live a little bit outside of their, um, bubble. Their bubbles. That's like we talk about online dating apps and the stats from it and stuff. One good thing about online dating apps is that you have to see everybody that you're not going to date. And like after some, after some point, I'm hoping that some people have enough self-awareness to reflect on why they're swiping left. Um, and I, it's just like everyone's in their own bubble. And like they, I have people tell me like, oh, you're the first uh, Indian woman I've met who's not pursuing a high-paying career. And I was like, that's, that's not true. There's, yeah. there's so many people. Uh, most of the people I know aren't pursuing high-paying right. you know, cre- careers. And that's because of my bubble right. that I've chosen to you know, like sure. exit out of another bubble. But um, that's something that f- should fall on the person saying those right. things. Agreed. And um, I, I agree with you. Like, just like the, the idea that you can just say everyone's this way. It's it's just it's very simplistic. It's it, it paints everyone with a single brush, and it's also it's not in service to a larger issue, which is like, or, you know, like people of color in the U.S. It's just to say everybody's a certain way. That's the way white people talk. Right, because there's limited experience, and I agree. With you. Just, I get the irony that I'm saying that's the way white people talk. Sure, sure, <laughs> we get it. I will say that I think the biggest problem in America. And I think if you crux everything and you look at the root of it, is that we don't know people who aren't like us. There are people who have lived here for three, four decades who have never had a cup of coffee with someone of the opposite race or arguably maybe even of the opposite gender beyond like a significant other or a different religion or orientation, what have you. And I think it's it's funny because if we all spoke and we all kind of connected, not to wax poetic, I think you'd realize we're like 98% the same besides maybe like food or music preferences. The bubble is something people don't want to admit because it makes them seem ignorant or makes them seem like less traveled or, or less learned. But like in reality, everyone's in a bubble despite what you've done in your life. Some are bigger than others, but those are individual experiences. Unless you're literally changing your identity and moving from like city to city, changing your job, your identity. Right. Um, like there's no way that you haven't lived in a bubble. Right. Of course. Because people choose bubbles. This is like, it makes you feel comfortable and, and at home. Um, when I'm feeling low, I don't want to hang out with people who... I don't know that well, um, and that makes me that puts me back in the bubble of like my my certain group of groups of friends. But there are so many people in this country who've never um, had a friendly conversation with someone of a different race, right. and that's super disturbing. We're seeing the effects of it. We've been seeing the effects of it. Um, my home and, Commonwealth. Hmm? My home Commonwealth, Virginia. Mm-hmm. I'm from Northern Virginia, though, to, to make a point. So that's southern. That's where UVA's campus is. Yeah. yeah, the the problem is that there's so many like white liberals who are so shocked that this is happening. 
just yeah. that's the that's the example of the bubble like they're saying that this is new and they keep repeating this is 2017 this shouldn't be happening right but it, i mean have they been paying attention we didn't this? you know for for a long time these people same group of people didn't believe like black people when they're saying oh police planted this or police do that now that everyone has a camera phone and like mm-hmm. in some in just uh in some regions uh police are, are now required to wear um you know the cameras on their bodies the body cams we're now seeing literally, like, in Baltimore, they plant drugs on someone. And, like, police officers are now going through the process of being tried for that. And also, like, for years, we knew black people were like, oh, I'm getting beaten up by police. And people rolled their eyes. And were like, oh. Yeah. You know, there's evidence. And still, people are still shocked that A, it was happening. And B, they didn't listen to anyone. And C, I agree with you. To think it doesn't happen in 2017 is ignorant. Because I think if history teaches us anything, it's always cyclical. Yeah. Every great empire or, or um, group of people truly believes... They're so evolved. There's no way this will happen again, and yeah. it's proof that it continues to happen. You received some not so savory notes and messages, and perhaps threats from your Jezebel piece. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, I I saw people kind of tweeting vitriolic stuff at you, mm-hmm. but I obviously don't know like the personal like level, yeah. and, and you can go into it as much as you like or not as you like. But, but what what happened? Um. I think people didn't read the essay, so they just kind of read part of the headline, maybe um, scrolled to the comments where a lot of biracial people were acting like this was an erasure of their lives. And to be honest, white people who are half white saying that they're, that's like a separate race to be half white, half person of color, like or half color, is that right. doesn't make sense to me. So to make this essay about them was just the point I was making, which was that white doesn't come first always um it's interesting but anyway i got a bunch of hate mail um a lot of a lot of emails a lot of kind things too so i can't like like i would say like 50 50 it's just that the kind stuff is not as loud and right. memorable uh, or maybe it's memorable well, that's the internet ways. right yeah that's internet like the, the loudest stuff is the most hateful stuff um i had a couple of white supremacist blogs and forums write about me which was more scary scarier than getting the emails because right. the emails I don't know how people have this, this much time to write like several paragraphs about their personal lives to me I'm not personally interested in who you're dating like I don't care okay yeah that's basically well, then, then yeah. we gotta end the podcast here but thank mm-hmm. you for okay fine oh, good. <laughs> sorry um, um, yeah, no, I mean, I don't really care about who this random person emailing me about his love life. Like, I don't see why he had to describe it to me. Well, also, I think people forget, like, in the same way you could be, if you're like hetero, you could be dating a uh, a misogynist or be married to a misogynist. You can still be dating or married to a racist. Yeah. I think people think, like, oh, if I marry them, I can know. Those are two, that's the equivalent of saying, oh, I have a black friend. Yes. It's the same thing. It is the same yeah. thing. It's like, oh, I'm dating this person. I'm like, cool, good for you. Right. Um, and to write, to like take the time out of their day to write that without reading the essay, it just seems kind of like, it's kind of strange. It's like, did, did, like if they had read it, they would have read like the middle and the end, which was not what they thought. Right. It, like, and then they wouldn't have had that sort of fuel to write me those emails. The I think the worst parts were the the blogs that posted, um, you know, they. They commissioned their commenters and beat right. readers to come, like, go look for pictures of me and things like that. Was, that there, was, was there a dominant demo that was like? Uh, I was mostly uh, white supremacists. Dudes. Dudes, yeah, right. yeah. Um, these are. I don't know anyone else who frequents MRA websites and so. stuff like that. Um, there was MRA uh, being men rights, men's rights activists. Okay. Um, uh, 
so yeah, they 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 were they looked for old pictures of me to see if I was attractive enough to date. Super strange, um, because people made this so much about like in real life sure. interracial relationships. They completely missed the point, which was about representation. Right. And the you know the mirror one holds to like our society, but. Yeah, it was just that was weird. I, I, I was like, people have a lot of time on their hands. Right, they have a lot of time, but also I can put it this way. I think uh, maybe from my perspective, as a straight male, I do know that obviously privilege exists, and 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 I think most people would agree. Like white men in America have privilege greater than almost any other group, uh, and I think literally taking a piece of pee away from them or even threatening that I think is so scary because for a long time if you're a white dude you were able to like specifically in dating or romance for example you could walk into a room and something called a T- I call it TWG what my friends call it tall white guy like you had the benefit <laughs> like if they could like talk if they're like if they're like literally able to speak in complete sentences you know buy you a decent dinner and have a decent place to live they're ahead of the curve because yeah. that's the privilege and that's the benefit right they're the same group that decided you know that people should have sex with men alive and they get to pick them so despite throwing Idris or Drake on the cover every now and then it's mostly like Christian Bale Hugh Jackman what have you whatever. Yeah. Which, which you know if you think they're sexy that's cool too I mean whatever but I think there's there's now a little bit of opportunity for women and a little bit of room for men of other races to kind of like get through the lane and make a few more layups so everyone's driving but really uh, I think it's kind of scary because the moment you feel a little bit of that threat it messes with your head and I mm-hmm. think that's where a lot of frustration comes from because who wants to admit that like oh I fetishize Asian women or I fetishize brown women but on the on the other side I think there's also this fear of self-reflection from friends women who are friends of mine who are colored who have white male partners kind of feeling a little guilty or feeling a little bit suckered or feeling a little bit taken advantage of now that's a deeper rooted issue and conversation to have but Mm -hmm. I do think now again it's making people have to reflect it's making it be like did I think I needed to be with this group in order to be accepted or to win if you will I think it's tough because I don't you know we all believe in true love and we don't want to blast anyone but the argument is is Perhaps if this conversation was being had 10 years ago, would you have ended up with that person? Or would you have painted everyone with a broad brush and thought that that was the best you can do? Because on a side, a humorous note, I don't... So like in the brown culture, it's not usually... The frustration is not, oh, that person's white and you know, we have a white partner. In my experience, it's usually been like they're so underwhelming. You can be a, a lesser trying... You can put in less effort as a white dude than you would as a brown dude, for example because you already feel like you've earned so many points by being white. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. And so, like, my joke it's is... entitlement. Always, right. Yeah. My joke has always been, like, which gets odd reactions from the crowds, is when I say, like, it's not because your partner's white, it's because they're really underwhelming. Like, <laughs> like, how often, you know... Does, Mediocre. Yeah. White mediocrity yeah. is the thing. And if, you know, if once in a while the, the brown girl can land the Tom Brady or the Ryan Gosling, the guy's superstar on all levels, go for it. If you can land the must, go for it. If you're a guy, if you want to, you know, land, you know, super bright woman or super talented or, or anything girl, go for it. But it seems to me that it's not the case. It's because they're not as, because they're not from the culture, they don't have to try as hard. They can be mediocre mm-hmm. and you have the past to come in and do what you like. Absolutely. And catch those same brown women, brown men trying to date a black person who is mediocre. Right. That is not going to happen. It yeah. is white mediocrity. Mediocrity can pass for like um, a, something attractive if if you're like the majority, right. you know, po- right. population. And power. I guess what's uh, the question? Question is like, does that make people feel like they've won or they've entered a certain community? Because it does make it a little bit sad not to see white people with people of color. That's not what makes me sad. What makes me sad is wondering 
like was there a complex behind this was there something that triggered you to feel like this was the only group that could accept you because when you go back to the artist argument saying oh I've never been an Indian woman who you know isn't pursuing a large amount of money or whatever mm-hmm. I get the same thing as a comic too because people are like oh I've never been a brown comic no it's just I, and I live in New York and, and, and people in LA and New York do this all the time there's hundreds yeah. of me it's not limiting and I think it's the same thing it's, it's the question is is there something that drove you to want to only pursue that one race and I think that's kind of something that we people are very scared to reflect on yeah it makes it, it makes you have to really introspect and in, in a way that can make you um, like angry very very angry because you don't nobody wants to cr- criticize themselves they like there's this idea that love is love is love the thing that people kept tweeting at me it's not like there's like are you saying that love is love is love if like a 60 year old man is dating a 20 year old woman a 60 year old man is really rich like we don't talk about love is love is love and power dynamics there is definitely a power dynamic when you're um, a a marginalized minoritized person in this country and you're exclusively seeking to date white people right Um, of course there's the argument like the argument for regular like you know just like true love but like the thing that people were using as um, like their one supporting argument was that it's based on a true story. This wasn't a documentary, and even documentaries are like mediated depictions of life. There is someone behind the camera, someone writing the story, depi- like just positioning things for us to see. So when brown culture and Pakistani Muslim culture was put in opposition with white culture that's like such a it's just such an easy thing to like see if you once you see it you can't unsee it i saw the movie again just to be sure um i talked about it way more than i had seen it because it's runtime is like two hours or something um so i went to see it again and the second time i just couldn't like i had way more fuel than the first time around like if i I, because i went in blind i went into a preview sure um i had a friend who had a free ticket and I had no idea what I was watching. And it was before the movie was released in theaters. So I went in and completely blind. Like, I wouldn't use blind as a pejorative word, but completely unaware. Um, and came out with these feelings. And then the second time I watched it, I just felt very bad for, for you know, just like South Asian culture. I felt it just it made me like feel like completely othered in, like some, in a movie that's supposed to be depicting people who look like me. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Like I feel like the people that it's that things like this vilify are the fobby, you know, quote unquote fobby people fresh off the boat, like people with accents, people who um, haven't had the the space or or desire maybe to assimilate into white culture, into American culture, and it's it, it makes them seem like the other, like the unwanted, the. And it's it's I think it's a disservice, especially in the times we live in, where um, brown immigrants, where Muslim immigrants are being treated the way they are in this country, and it made me feel very, like like I I mean, the art the good argument against my piece is we need more art like this. Sure. That we're not criticizing the same right. couple of things. And the thing is that people are making it. Right. Um, it's just that Judd Apatow isn't you know, you know, making it happen. Yeah. and things like that but we're hoping like with Brown Girls and with other things coming out like I'm hoping every year we have more stuff to 
hold to higher standards. Right. I do want to say that uh, for my web series plug, Jay and Bettina were casting two South Asian girls to play like, two additional roles this season. Mm-hmm. And it's been so much fun meeting some of them and kind of realizing what kind of talent is out there. There are so many right. talented people So out I there. do think, even though if the talent pool is small, and again, we're spoiled because of where we live, there are so many great people who are ready to act in your stories or, or help you write or, or d- display you know your your narrative and I think it's it's like a really beautiful and amazing time to be involved in that kind of stuff yeah you, uh, that's, did, a, that's a not that's on the silver lining that's the other side of the coin is that we can critique these things but that's also because we can critique it we can make it better right because also like on a side note we can crit- critique because I think what's nice is like you critique to the commentary not necessarily the quality because I do think having critics for art is a very bizarre concept to me. Mm-hmm. I think it's weird for someone to be like, I didn't like this, so I'm going to write this op-ed and you shouldn't like it either. I really don't like that. I don't like awards for art either because I think art is art and it's how you consume it. It's subjective. Mm-hmm. On a side note, are you excited for... Um, well, I think it was uh, Madhuri Dixit and... and um, Priyanka Chopra. Yeah, they have a vehicle now on ABC, I think, which will be greenlit. Um, yeah, I don't remember what it's called. It's, it's way, way early. It's I'm, not, I'm not especially excited for it. I love Mother Dixit. I think her story is super interesting. Um, apparently, her doctor husband didn't know who she was when he went to go get arranged married to her, which I find super... Like He like didn't know she was one of the most famous people in India. So like I, like I I've heard like these like things about how he just went there and like they went out and then there were these like mobs of people running and he had no idea how famous his wife was um so i think that's interesting i think priyanka chopra is a is also a problematic south asian figure well i mean i I also didn't like that look again she didn't write it so i'm not going to criticize her and also i want to make a point here that i think we both feel like kumail is like in priyanka both talented is that fair to say Oh, Kamil Nanjani yeah. is great. He's yeah. super, super funny. Right. I think he's super talented. But Bianca Chopra, what bothered me was in Quantico. Have you seen? Did you watch I, it? I tried. I watched the pilot and she gets banged by that white dude in the truck in the first like mm-hmm. f- four minutes. That bothered me, A, because like, of course, the you know, if it was like me asking her out, I need to date her for eight weeks and then like meet some family members and get like scanned by her friends before she'd let me like even get up to bat. For a kiss on the lips, so like uh, that maybe that's a brown complex thing, but like <laughs> this guy was able to just seal the deal in like four minutes, which is very like annoying and offensive. And of course, ABC needed to show that. To, they were trying to be like, look how different she is than the yeah. stuffy it's brown girls you're used. The equivalent to. to like the hijabi on the skateboarder with headphones. Like that's yeah. been done and over. I get it, man. It's, not... it's just Sakonago is not like maybe I shouldn't be saying these things, but I don't like it as a show. So no, you, you seen, cannot like I've it. I've seen um, like the first season or eight or nine episodes. It falls into the same trap. They like she's target. She's they say that she's a terrorist. They say the hijabi woman is a terrorist. It's all about it's this. It's written by white people. You can totally tell. Right. Um, and Priyanka Chopra herself, she like had skin whitening tre- lightning treatments, I think, and she. Um, comes from like the very like problematic Bollywood culture. She comes here. She's in Quantico with a name as white as Alex Parrish, playing a half white Indian. I think she her mother's supposed to be white and her father was Indian. There's something like weird like that. Like she's not even fully South Asian. She's not fully brown because her skin lightening treatments make let her pass. And she can you confirm that? Because I don't know if that's. Um, I'm I'm almost sure Alex Parrish is her name in the movie. No, I'm talking about the skin lightening. Skin lightening, I can research. I've seen like articles, but you know how people just acute like she had darker skin when she started out in Bollywood, and then it, like and now it seems a lot lighter. Sure. So people are 
and a lot of uh, Bollywood actors and actresses get skin lightening treatments. Oh. I can confirm that after. Um, but she, like, she made a song with Pitbull called Exotic. She has made a career in the U.S. based on her exotification, and that's not a, that's not that's in disservice to. Um, brown people in general in this sure. country and, and, to, and to people of color um, I've seen a lot of discussion from um, South Asian women who really don't like this image that she's um, right. she's cultivated she wore that I'm a feminist t-shirt when she doesn't really she's not very much of an activist it's just sort of like there's like there's lots of great articles about this. I think maybe someone needs to synthesize them into one thing. Um, perhaps in advance of that um, show. I love Madhuri Dixit, though, and the fact that she's, like, I think she's executive producer or... Yeah, they're both um, exec producers, and I think probably will get the co-creator credits, I think. That's but, awesome. I that's, think it's, it's so sorry to interrupt, but it's early in development. A lot of things could happen. A lot and of we things don't know. could, so. yeah. I think it could be... Um, it's basically her moving to like suburban Michigan or whatever. That's such an interesting story. Like, I want to know what happened with Madhuri Dixit. So I'm excited for it. I just don't know if how much of that is, again, going to be very good. Um, and I agree with you here. It's like it's not to take away from Bianca's talent, but because there's I talk to a lot of people who are like you know when they saw the web show or they see me do something here or there, and also like your writing, they'll see like okay these people are making a little bit of an impact, they have a little bit of an influence. And I think that if my fear is like people are just settled, like oh it's so cool to see representation. If I'm just playing a stereotype, or if I'm not control of the narrative, or I don't get to be creative, then we shouldn't just settle because why not just control it from the get go? I agree. Because look how it painted Black Americans for so many generations. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I agree. Like if we have learned, can learn anything from that, it's kind of like uh, taking the full control of it. And just because we might criticize an artist's piece of work doesn't mean that person's bad. It doesn't mean we think they're negative or not talented. It's just that that specific piece we found to be of, an, of issue. But it's also on the other side when you're or trying to be a working comic, writer, actor, what have you, to get paid to do something and maybe have an opportunity to make a difference. You might do it for, in the micro term it might suck, but in the macro level you might have an opportunity then to have more money to make pieces and kind of like influence. Yeah. And I just question to the extent that someone like um, Priyanka Chopra is doing it for the exposure and then she'll do something different. I'm hoping that she will, but she's she like may chose to make a song about being exotic right. with Pitbull. This is something that she's done. I've tried defending her a lot because I liked her Bollywood movies, some of them a lot. Um, she also did the Thursday Night Football theme like three years ago. Mm -hmm. for, for the NFL Network, she did the Thursday Night Football theme. Oh, I didn't Like know four, that. three, four years ago. Yeah, she tried to have a music career, I think. Yeah. Um, and I tried defending her to this group of um, Asian women in one of these Facebook groups I'm in, and they had such good points. Like they, like I was just, I was like, it's, isn't it good to see anybody on screen from from India, uh, like from the subcontinent, who's like who is like she came f like it's not like she's second or third gen right. like isn't that great and like it's not good enough is what i heard back and that's what's that's great good. is like we can hold people to higher standards yeah so if like her and deepika who's in triple x the vin diesel movie it, i didn't know that either it's, it's okay but it's like an action <laughs> movie he plays like a a less refined james bond type of guy like very physical acting you know all, all that kind of stuff and um you know i guess it's like to me, what bothers me is like, oh well, as long as she can serve as like a sex, sex like symbol for for the white people making the movie, like that's cool. Mm -hmm. Because like nothing wrong, she wants to wear what she wants to wear, whatever. But there's, you know, she could have easily have been a different character, or you could have cast her in another movie where she 
works in PR or she's an engineer or yeah. sells you know uh, arepas like whatever she could have done yeah um, I think th- although I don't know if I'd buy arepas from an Indian woman but like you're saying <laughs> like I think like it's interesting to see that like the you know it, it's the same thing that happens with black women or or uh, Hispanic women Latino women whatever it's like okay well we'll bring you in as like sex things for this culture we'll wait a little bit and then maybe give a different role yeah. when you're probably talented enough to do other things which is a little bit bothersome yeah I mean when Aishwarya Rai was trying to break out into um, Hollywood her agent kept like spreading rumors it seemed like they said that she was going to be the new Bond girl and she really was never in talks right. but they were trying to hype her up and I remember when her agent this is something I can verify her agent was talking about how I was really young when I read this, and it like it disturbed me about how, um, unlike Penelope Cruz, Aishwarya Rai doesn't have an accent and can um, fit in easily with Hollywood, and that sort of positioning of one woman of color against another, as if there can be only one. Right. And then talking about accents, when Aishwarya Rai has a pretty like noticeable Indian accent. Right. But this idea that like her accent is like better because it sounds more British or right. something, while Penelope Cruz's sounds more Spanish. So like that sort of, that's that was really disturbing. And they like didn't even interview about right. it. And like, yeah. Well, that's based off the industry assumption that like okay there can only be this many people in the business, mm-hmm. right? Which is bizarre because it's like no like if you truly are gonna lie to me and tell me it's about talent, then then don't even go down that route because now you're saying there's a limited amount you can have Selma and Penelope. Okay, mm-hmm. and now we can have America Ferrer, Gina Rodriguez. Okay, we're done. Yeah. We can have uh, Deepika uh, Padukon and have Priyanka Chopra, and now we're done. Yeah. So it's like, and uh, what's her name? Fida Pinto, who I think is like really good roles. And I was also reading she's, that she's great. Yeah, yeah, I think she's had to fight really hard to kind of avoid being like a, just another hot girl. And like a, yeah, I think she's done a good job of it. Yeah. She's taken like lesser, like smaller roles and right. stuff like that just to like. Cause she's she's an actor like she's just it's right, like right. it's like an art for her i like like her a lot the no i agree this there can only be one is something that comes out of white supremacy and for us to pretend any different that hollywood is not like the like within the hollywood hasn't been built on white supremacy is right. a little short-sighted and like a little um naive maybe um because it's not a meritocracy anybody would say that it's like i don't understand this whole thing that like if you're like really talented you'll make it that's obviously not true there's that that the anecdote right about the about einstein's brain like some man went around the u.s with like einstein's brain and like took bits of it off or something and was like and someone asked steven pinker wasn't this a great um travesty and steven pinker said the real travesty is that when people there's so many there's thousands of people in every like part of the world who are as smart or smarter than right. Einstein and we don't talk about them well, that's a pop culture thing yeah. um, but I will say that I, think, I, I do think at the end of the day if we can find a little bit of money to make these projects I think you're going to start to see it huge and with all the money that it does exist in every kind of culture throughout the world hopefully there's some producers or financial backers who will help people because n- nowadays in terms of production value if you have, you know, a couple of good Macs or PCs, some decent camera, some audio stuff, and, you know, people on set, for not that much money, you can make some really, really cool stuff. I agree. Um, I was talking with my a South Asian actor friend yesterday, and she was, um, she's a dancer actor, and she was frustrated because a lot of these, even these small, like, things that she's taking part in, there aren't spaces for South Asian people. A lot of these performances are made about race. 
and it's about black and white and there isn't room for an Asian South Asian at the table and she and she there's no seat for them and she um, I was telling her isn't this great that we can write about it and stuff and she's like but yeah but writing is what you do and like you can at least write about it but what can I do like what what do I like what do I have like to like where where should I go to 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 talk about representation in a way that is part of my art and the and like there's no good answer to that except like you have to like make spaces for yourself and I was like there's the technology we have at hand is so much more than we've ever had imagine being like imagine being our age like in the 80s and having just moved here there had been no room Um, it's, it would have been so so difficult okay. and now we can just make web series or write things on the yeah. internet and that's why I write these things is because I want people who are in positions of power in the film industry in Hollywood and uh, media to, to see these things and know that there is a demand for these kind of things because right. these essays when they get picked up um, I wrote about Aladdin too um, when they that. get yeah when they get picked up when they get talked about they uh, they're just they indicate a need like every everything's a market like everyone's like there's no market for right. it. everything's a market these things show that there is a market if something's good you'll consume it. at the end of the day yeah be so good that it's undeniable and, and to piggyback that real quick i do want to say it doesn't mean we should just settle again we should write really strong stories write really strong characters mm-hmm. write really strong op- op-eds whatever what have you we have to work extra hard to make it extra good. And we can't just settle on another narrative of like, oh, my kid's not depressed, he's brown. Like, it's, it's done. Like, there's enough of the... Like, I'm, I'm hijabi and I play rock guitar, make electric guitar. Like, there's enough of that, I think. Yeah. Kind of like, oh, like, woke narrative. Like, I think it's time for deeper stories and we shouldn't just settle to be like, oh, I have a series and oh, I'm on TV. Let's make it really so good mm-hmm. that we create our own market and kind yeah. of push through it. Um, I am working on pieces with the same actor friends. So nice. we're getting... A- we're gonna start doing stuff. So good. that's good. Uh, is there what do you? Do you have any big projects coming up? I saw you have some really cool links, and again, listeners, I'll link to it. Um, but the T does really cool, unique, creative stuff. I saw, um, I saw a few of your pieces online. Are you working on anything new, or anything being released soon? Um, I'm working on an essay about how um, trauma art can be critiqued, um, and obviously, this is something that we've been talking about. Um, it's. I think it's. Um, it's just one of those negative uh, sides of um, the movement, quote unquote. Right. That we like, we say someone's trauma is so much more important. Like that, if you have to attach your identity to your artwork, then it can't stand on its own. So I'm just writing about that using examples. Um, but that's not what I do full time, right. or for most part. I'm writing screenplays. So I've uh, um, I'm working on a short dramedy, like a, a 22 minute pilot. I'm working on a feature film with like a producer friend who hopefully nice um hopefully very few white people all people of color um and all hopefully immigrants um of different backgrounds because i i just think that it doesn't always have to be like in within the within like white people and so the thing I'm writing is probably going to be based in like Jackson Heights or something. I have I finished a, another pilot in Jackson Heights. The it's just things that I'm working on in general are screenplays, cool. um, a design project, just keeping myself like on my toes because it's the amount of it's like uh, what what's the phrase like you throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Um, so I've been very consumed by multiple projects lately. Good. Mm, it's yeah. fun. 
Vicky, uh, awesome. Well, thank you for, for joining. We went a little bit over, but really appreciate having you on the show, and we'd love to have you back soon. Um, listeners, I'll plug everything that he does on- online through the link. You'll see it. Oh, awesome. Twitter, thank you. Kind of You're welcome. Thanks again for joining. Thank you.